Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Yo, what's going on, everybody? And thank you very much for tuning in to another edition of the Busted Open Podcast. Today, the Fat and Furious returns with me, Bully Ray, and Tommy Dreamer breaking down Monday Night Raw, more specifically, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, opening the show, closing the show. Are you on board with Cody? Is Cody this uber baby face or did he have these heel tendencies? What did you think of the match with Kevin Owens? Me and Dreamer are going to break it down. Also, are we seeing the beginnings of the brood 2.0? Edge and Damian Priest, the rule of two, the Star Wars references, the ministry references. Is this all coming together? What's it all about? Do you want to see somebody else involved? And is that somebody else a female? So much to cover today on the Fat and Furious edition of the Busted Open Podcast. Tommy, do you like, Cody has a couple of quality wins. He's beaten Seth. He's beaten Miz, but last night he beat uh, Kevin Owens by countout. If you had the pencil, would you have booked a countout victory last night? Uh, oof, good question. Uh, I just ran, which is why I'm a little bit out of breath, and I rewatched that uh, finish that you said. I did not hear any boos. What I did hear was groans. I didn't hear it, dude. Go back and watch it. It's the first thing that popped into my ears. I watched it twice during our commercial break. Okay, groans, booze, they no, weren't groans happy. as in like, oh, that's a groan. Not like, and I also think Cody may have gotten a, I mean, I watched him land kind of flat, but the way he was selling was a little different, which I loved if he didn't get hurt. But I don't feel the WWE Universe is at all on the fence with him. I think they're all in with him when it comes to booking. If I was had the pencil for that, here's the one thing I would have done. I would have had Owens act like he's going to leave. Once he starts that, I would have Cody either suicide dive onto Seth or tope on top of Seth. So Seth is all um, discombobulated kind of selling code. Uh, then Kevin can get up, go to do something. Uh, Cody, my baby face drops, everybody stands tall and then Owens leaves and, and Seth could be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? As he's kind of on that cell and Cody demanding that both guys get in the ring and fight. Cause then your baby face 
beat the crap out of the heel and the heel is gone. Then when Cody falls off that top, uh, again, they kind of had to rush it because I don't know about time-wise. Cody sold it great, sold like his leg was broke. Um, and they went off the air with that. I think you could. that was a good way to go off the air. I would have just tweaked that finish a little bit uh, better. My, if I had the pencil, I don't know if I would have had him face Kevin because at times Kevin is a likable heel mm. and the fans get into him. Especially coming off the heels of Mania against Steve, whether you, you know, no, no matter what, Kevin and Steve still did great business at WrestleMania and the WWE universe is going to appreciate him for that. Yes. Sorry. My dog is crying. Um, I don't know what she wants. You ate his um, food. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I, I would have, when you have a bait, this is where, and I'm on the fence with this lately. And, and I hate how, my 100% pure baby face has been thinking. But when it comes to Cody, Cody needs people like The Miz, people that the fans do not like. I have been on the fence lately about matches like that where it's got to be strictly, and I've never been this way. It's been strictly heel versus baby face. I'm kind of on the fence of just let this be a friggin' big-ass match. Um and that's been my philosophy for 30 something years, but there's times now, cause then I'm going about, well, look at the money they drew with John Cena, where clearly John Cena was not liked by the audience, but John Cena still was John Cena and John Cena was still packing houses. Roman Reigns, even though Roman Reigns turned heel where he's making his biggest money, that whole acknowledge me, the whole crowd is into it. They're into a lot of Roman Reigns, but he's smart enough at times where he makes them or he's put in spots to still be the heel. Just like WWE always assured that John Cena would still get reactions and put in spots to be the babyface. For Cody, he needs those type of opponents. I don't know if there are those opponents uh, out there within the WWE universe. Uh, I, I'm not saying this because I'm talking to you, but when they said a surprise, that got me, hmm, if I'm going to go further and I want to take a shot at Cody's former company, AEW, I would say, well, we all know like where you used to work, you like surprises. So maybe I'll give you a surprise tonight. <laughs> and I would have had somebody not within the WWE universe walk out. And why I say about you, you as Bubba Ray, a heel, would have been a great opponent for Cody in the sense of, wow, I haven't seen this guy forever. I also know he's a dick. You would get the people to totally hate you and totally love Cody. And I'm using you as an example because you are great at that. And they need someone like that. The, the greatest example is The Miz. Miz does that. I don't know if in the WWE universe who else could garner that type of heat they're obviously edge can but edges they're not going to go in that direction so it, it's an interesting interesting uh thing to think about so exactly what you were just saying about cody how ko was in your opinion not the right opponent for cody last night because the people like KO, appreciate KO, everything that KO does, he knocks out of the park, whether it's working with Steve Austin at WrestleMania 
or being the foil of a lie detector test like we saw last night. People are entertained by him. This is why I said in the le- in the main event last night that I felt the people were quiet in the beginning. I don't think they were really immersed in Cody in the beginning. I felt that they should have been behind him that much more, but they weren't because I feel like they were split with Kevin out there. Then Kevin, it hits a legal very cool looking ultra violent superplex off the top and Cody gets his leg on the bottom rope. And I know you just ran back and watched it, but I'm telling you when I watched it last night, I was smacked in the face and in the ears by the booze. Did I hear every single people in Buffalo booing Cody, getting his foot on the bottom rope? Absolutely not. But I heard enough booze to know that a U.S. wrestling audience does not appreciate a babyface using the bottom rope as an out, especially when they get hit with a legitimate move. Listen, if it was a ball shot, it's a different story. So between the between the foot on the bottom rope and then the kind of flat finish with the DQ, I don't think it did Cody any favors last night. I also think that Cody could have done a better job of selling with his face post-match of how he was not happy with the victory. He should have been adamant. He should have been begging the referee to, to, uh, to, 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 to restart the match or whatever it was. I want to see Cody come on TV next week and tell the WWE to pull the win out of the column. I don't want to win like that. I'm not chasing the the, the championship that my father could not win by getting victories via countout. I think everything kind of with him has to line up the right way. I also, back to the beginning, Sometimes the way Cody talks, his, his tone, his inflection, his, the, his words, I think it's borderline heel. The suit, the way he carries himself, there's a certain heelish quality. You know what? what I, I could be totally wrong here. Gabby, what is your opinion? So, so ask me the specific question of what you want my opinion on, on if Cody. I, I believe that Cody is a borderline heel because of the way he presents himself, the way he speaks and the, 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 the rhythm in which he speaks. He almost speaks too slow in a way where he's talking down to people. Okay. I respectfully disagree okay. for in my opinion, yep. I don't know if it's because of this journey, like as a newer fan, I've taken with Cody Rhodes in, you know, and on the outside of things that I've seen of him with his shows and just knowing his family, it's like that. I see him as a face. And last night I thought that he got a great reception from the crowd. And it actually gave me chills when he was talking to Seth and was kept getting the cheers and he was interrupting Seth and was getting the cheers over it. And like, it was pissing Seth off so much. So I don't know if it was because it was so much heat on Seth that made Cody look good, but I see Cody as a babyface. I don't see him as a heel. I couldn't buy into him as a heel. So I'm the opposite. Enough. Fair enough. We're, Bye-bye. We're just- Honestly, I, I, I'm, and I, I, here's the only thing I agree with you is 
Cody does have great natural heel instincts. If I'm comparing uh, apples to oranges, you have great heel instincts. You're also a really, really good baby face. Um, Cody, Cody could turn heel in a heartbeat. But, and when you talk about the way he speaks, that's just the way he speaks. I have a monotone voice. I have a monotone voice on, on the air. My monotone voice kind of goes away when I'm in wrestler promo mode, but that's how I speak. Um, and, and I honestly think you need to go back and watch, or maybe Andre could pull the clip. I don't know if that's possible of that suplex because you're kind of hanging on that. And I think you need to watch it. And cause I just did, I watched it twice. Maybe during commercial break, you could go back and watch it and you listen to it because there's, there, there's two people who are hearing two different things. Fair enough. As a matter of fact, go ahead, Gabby. Um, I was going to say too, I think something that's interesting when it comes to Cody, uh, maybe for me is because I've seen him so emotional so many times that maybe that's kind of something that resonates with me as a fan. Uh, most maybe even as like a female fans when I do see a man get emotional in that way I think it stays with me and I think a lot of his mannerisms are straight confidence and I don't take them as cockiness and the cockiness is something that I see as a true heel and I take all of his slow mannerisms the way he speaks as pure pure confidence which is something i respect more than something i dislike if that makes sense it, it I, does i respect both of your opinions i get it i clicked on social media just real quick because i know people like to chime in on our conversations and the first two uh tweets i'm seeing is from a guy named steve and a and a, and a lady named ashley uh steve is saying yes i completely agree he is a heel at heart uh, he's a heel in sheep's clothing ashley woman's opinion he does have moments where he sounds condescending maybe this is just glaring to me and not to you guys which is totally totally fine i'm just i, I as a fan of cody professionally and personally i would just love to see people gravitate towards him immediately so he doesn't have the potential of what happened to him in AEW where people turned on him almost not immediately, but over time. And people have different reasons for why they turned on Cody, but nevertheless, they still turned on and they made life very difficult for him in his final couple of months when it came to, I mean, Cody had to go out there and put his skin on, on fire, second degree burn, whatever it was, just to win them over. He was killing himself just to win them over. So that's my concern. Talking about the uh, the finish of the match, and we have the audio isolated of the inverted superplex off the top rope and Cody putting his leg on the bottom rope. I heard very audible boos last night, as in the people were not happy that the babyface Cody Rhodes had to rely on the bottom rope to save him. Dreamer went back and watched it and said he didn't hear it. So I'm, I'm more than happy to, to say I'm completely wrong if what we hear is true. So Andre's got the audio. Andre, please play the tape. Yeah, the slug is oh way back God. into it. Fisherman suplex from the top, delivered by Kevin Owens. Cody Rhodes is hurt. The cover, one, two, oh! Oh, come on. 
Kevin Owens clearly got the upper hand. Uh, I heard people booing. I, I did not hear people booing at all. I heard groans of like, oh, that type from the move. But the groans would have happened right after the move, not after the foot going on the bottom rope. Well, now we need somebody who was in freaking Buffalo to uh, call it. That's actually a great idea. That. That's because, a great idea. listen, Dave and I went all in on the uh, Bianca Belair whip, the hair whip, and it was like piped in then we had people calling in and it kind of swayed me and then when she came on she was like that was like the loudest thing that i've ever heard i totally gabby let's we got four people here three people gabby what'd you hear i heard groans i didn't hear any booze okay paul you know what i actually thought i did hear a, a few boos mixed in with the groans believe it or not okay. i wanted what i wanted for is to go like a little longer and like sound full just like to get the full let it play out a little bit longer but um i thought i heard you know, it a little bit andre you know what the producing giant hang on i heard groans no boos all right like a groan, a boo, a, 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 a displeasure. But whether you're groaning or booing, it's it's a, it's a no, sound. No, it is not. A groan is like, oh, and when he like kicks out. A boo is like definitive. Nobody groans on a kick out. They cheer on a kick no, out. No, they do not. They're happy. You, so you heard, you his... heard one, two, oh, that's what you heard? I heard unto oh because he puts his foot on the ropes and the way he was selling was very very real. I'm not questioning his selling. No, but what I'm saying is like that he was able to do that. And they're also like I mean there's big moments where you hit such a big move and people like oh thank god he was able to put his foot on the ropes. I did not hear in boo. Japan they applaud that. I hear you but I in, heard in Ring of Honor they applaud that. And I Not, heard that. Okay, so I think you come, I think you came up with a great idea. Okay, much like Haley's comment, watch every seventy six years, even you come up with a great great idea. So Paul's popping, Gabby's shaking her head. So we're split down the middle. Paul heard booze, Gabby heard groans. I'm and not Andre, surprised that Andre Gabby, made Gabby me win. For everyone listening, also this is a typical three hour to four hour car ride between me and Bully Ray. So if you were. If you were in Buffalo last night, if you attended Monday Night Raw, please call in 877-344-4893, 877-344-4893. Was it a boo? Was it a groan? Maybe we should throw up a poll. As a matter of fact, there you go. Put up a There's poll. There's been so many polls lately, Bully. It's really hard for me, you know? Well, and, and, they, and there you have, I'm not biting on that one, not in a million years. There are people chiming in on social media, Tommy, who definitely see it both ways. Um, Jim says it's Cody's verbiage. It's his extensive vocabulary that makes him come off as smarter than every, uh, seem like he's smarter than everybody else. Um, there are also people that are, are chiming in in support of Cody. Um People are saying that they feel that he is better suited as a heel. Listen. Better suited, yes. But listen, better suited, yes. I feel he's laser focused and I feel he is determined. And if you think about great baby faces, which I feel Cody Rhodes is, 
Um, and I also feel Cody Rhodes could be a massive heel as well. That machine has to get behind him either way. And that machine is still on this learning curve with him. Um, with Cody, uh, I agree. Kevin Owens is not the right opponent because Kevin Owens is also a likable heel. Um, he's great at his job. I friggin' love Kevin Owens. Um, for me, somebody's laser focused. If I'm, and I'm going to use this as an example, the most conceited, condescending prick there ever was was the most electrifying man in sports entertainment, The Rock. When The Rock got on that microphone, he was the biggest asshole to everybody. But because he talked in a cadence, because he would tell you like this and like that is also why we liked him. But when someone is very, very to the point, and a matter of fact, listen, I'm doing this for my father who was not here. My father was my hero and my father helped train every frigging person here. I'm going to be pissed and laser focused at that person and everyone who stands in my way. But to get to that goal is going to be my enemy done. And I have been that laser focused baby face. I, I watched two people while I was handcuffed, break my girl's neck. And I would have friggin ripped. I was trying to rip my own hand out of those handcuffs to the marks where I cut my wrist trying to pull that off. That is things that you do as a baby face. And I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. We're also coming off of from where we saw him in AEW. We sometimes got to retrain our brain uh, to think of another thing. But if someone is laser focused and has a point, I gun him towards every bad guy is in my way till I get to what I want. And that's the world title. Once I achieve it is a whole other story. And if I don't achieve it, then I'm going to be that condescending prick uh, and cheat my way to get that. Please call in and let us know your overview and take on Cody versus KO at the end. We're going out to Mickey in St. Louis, Mickey broad stroke here. What do you think about Cody Rhodes so far in the WWE? Hi, um, how are you doing? Thank you for taking my call. I love listening to you and Tommy banter because it's real, it's genuine, and when he gets, you know, he'll call you bully, and then at one point he switches and calls you Bubba. And I know when he starts calling you Bubba, it's like this is real. And <laughs> if you, if Vince McMahon heard this, he would say, "I love this shit." I really do. But um, I agree with you about Cody. Um, Cody's, when Cody talks, I visualize him in a business suit with a briefcase talking, talking down, which is really, if you think about the, the words in Dusty's entrance music, um, it started off, he's just a common man. Cody is not a common man. Cody is a polished man. Cody, I, I still think, even though he's not a VP in the WWE, I could see him coming to the arena in a business suit with a briefcase, getting ready to do business. And I think the fact that when he talks, he does talk in a way, kind of to, um, to paraphrase what Terry Funk used to say, there was a part where Terry Funk would call people, you simple-minded people. And Cody's voice <laughs> kind of says that. And I get that strong feel that he is, I'm trying to educate you. 
let me help you understand what my goal is in the WWE. Mickey, and Mickey, uh, Mickey, 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 Mickey. I'm so glad you say that. And I'm going to put the gun to my own head right now. People have told me that I come across condescending when I talk. Because when I talk like this, my intentions are great. I'm just trying to make it. And Mickey, thank you very much for the phone call. Appreciate your great take. When I start to talk like this on the show, I can come across as condescending. What I'm doing is I'm just trying to speak very clearly and, 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 and precisely so I can make my point so everybody understands. But I got to remember that people are smart. They're going to understand whether I talk like this or whether I talk like this, but it comes across in a condescending manner. This whole Cody story of chasing the championship that his father couldn't win, to me, is not a Cody story. It's a Dustin story. Um, okay. Not, not a, uh, I could buy into Dustin Rhodes doing this storyline more than I can buy into Cody doing it. Hey everyone, Lindsay Rhodes here, getting set for the NFL draft coming up right around the corner. If you, like me, are counting down the days, then you're gonna love my podcast. It's called the NFL Roadshow. It's every Thursday, and we are deep in the weeds of the draft these days, talking to experts about the prospect, what your team needs, draft philosophies, team building strategies, all the good stuff that makes us smarter football fans. Hope you'll check it out. Subscribe and listen wherever you stream your podcasts. Uh, next topic on the docket, Edge and Damian Priest. Um, I was kind of blown away <laughs> by what I heard last night. Uh, Gabby, I know you wanted to say something. Go ahead. I mean, I do remember, I don't know if you guys recall, when we were talking about Damian Priest and Edge, and you and Dave were actually talking about this. And Dave was saying he didn't really like it. And, you know, we were talking about maybe what would happen. And I'm 99.9% sure that what happened last night was exactly what you said was going to happen. So I don't know. Do they, do you think they, do they, do they listen, bully? Do they listen? Come on. Just, just saying. I watched last night and I was like, ooh. Bully Ray. Okay. Okay. I see it. I see what you mean. Uh, I think we, I, I think we all know that no matter <laughs> who's on this show, they listen, you know, Dave was so adamant about hating what he saw with the werewolf, Dave, the way the match ended. And listen, I understood his opinion because it was quite wonky and weird, but you still got to try to come up with something. They did this for some reason. And the only thing that made sense to me is seeing Damien Priest, turn into this vampire-esque or werewolf-esque character was the association to Edge and what Edge mentioned that's been in his blood for 20 years. And Edge mentioned the brood last night. I also went on to say that if I'm Edge, I'm getting in Damian Priest's ear about the whole Bad Bunny thing, about how you played co-star to Bad Bunny and where did it get you? I mean, that's exactly what we saw and heard last night. I liked the connections that were made, not because I said it, but I think it's the only thing that really makes sense when it comes to Damian Priest and why his eyes went, you know, 
black and why they shut the lights off. It's a callback to the brood. And it's, and it's a reason for Damian Priest to be so pissed off about things and edge reminded of him of it. So that being said, uh, Tommy, what did you, th- how, how do you feel about Damian Priest's um, alliance allegiance to edge? How do you like edge's explanation last night? What did you think of things overall? Are you on board? Uh, I am very much on board. Here's why. And, and that when I tell you that was an entertaining segment because it made me listen. And yes, it's a heel segment. But again, what I talked about, why I thought at times Raw was different, because again, acknowledging the past and Edge told a great story like he was uh, sitting that I, I could have also seen him sitting on top of a mountain uh, pontificating to an entire uh, thousands of people like in the old uh, Greek mythology. He told his story. It was the origin story of the Edge character and everything he said had some truth to it and then when he came back and he's on this long journey of you know risking his life every time he takes a bump and he says and then I start hearing what you say about me on social media where um, he's a part-timer or he's on tv too much he's too old so guess what it's your fault And he's going to do everything to your beloved WWE superstars. And it's going to be on your shoulders. It was an amazing promo. And then again, referencing the past about Bad Bunny. Referencing that this man who has no match this year on WrestleMania. Referencing all those things, which again, things that we don't normally talk about. But giving us a complete detailed, passionate history of why I'm going to be ruining your day is a great heel promo. Fabulous. Loved every single aspect of it. Love the lighting. Love how um, Damien Priest just kind of stood there brooding all, all over him. Didn't say a whole lot, but with his face said a whole lot. There is a famous picture that I believe was snapped. It was either Empire Strikes Back or Eternal Jedi of the Emperor sitting on his throne yep. with Vader standing right next to him. And I'll be damned if I didn't get that vibe last night. Edge sitting on his throne with his disciple, Damien Priest, standing right next to him. I loved how the 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 memory of a star wars image came to mind as i'm watching this call back to the brood and edge actually mentioning the brood and then i'm thinking to myself about ria and i know i'm jumping way forward here but i want you to picture this imagine ria ripley is a part of this faction and imagine they bring back the old school brood entrance Holy shit, is that going to look phenomenal? I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Is that something that you would like to see? Because the Brood's entrance to me, Tommy, is a very underrated, uh, not talked about very often entrance that gets lost in the sauce. Top five entrances in wrestling, Brood. I mean, amazing. Um, yes, I, I would love to see it. 
I don't know if I want to see Rhea in it. When I say, eh, I want to see Rhea, uh, again, it's not happening because we already turned her, but I, she needs to stand on her own, stand on her own as a baby face. And just, I would look at that a real like character. Cause she has the spike. She has that, you know, her entrance is awesome with the chains and uh, coming in and that weird different pyro when she does the kick. Uh, I would like to see, I would just like to see her stand alone to continue the, the question. Cause we're talking about uh, edge and the brood. Where is this going to go? Don't know. We we've heard from AJ. We saw AJ get attacked. I love to, the the lights flicker and this is where like and bully when we're talking about sports entertainment wrestling and what i like because i like when wrestling is also entertaining i don't mind the flickering of the lights and all of a sudden then guys appear um because that is a big part of professional wrestling uh when, when before we're talking about all these different uh outside segments love the physicality i would love to hear more from my baby face aj and I would also like to see kind of maybe AJ one up the brood. And there is only one way how, uh, if they're having some sort of a match, kind of like um, what happened the last week. And if it's reversed and then all of a sudden the lights can flicker, then all of a sudden a bloodbath on uh, priest or edge. And we bring back Gangrel, not for a long run. We bring back Gangrel Gangrel as a baby face in AJ Styles corner with uh, either versus Edge or Damian Priest. We have something. And then, and guess what? At the end, Gangrel, the old leader, has to be killed by Edge to have so, this new leader. So as God is my witness, might he strike me down right here on live radio? Uh, I was going to, I was my, my exact thing that I was going to say to you when you got to the end of your point is how would you feel about Dan Grail coming yeah. back? Like, and, and our fat minds always think alike. So uh, I get it. And, and I think that would be great for a short, short term. What I think would be even better is Christian because Lord knows he ain't doing fuck all in AEW right now. And I would be doing a lot more with Christian. That's just me. I think Christian is massively underutilized. Just my opinion. Thank you. Now, when I get back to Edge and um, and uh, and Damian Priest, I told you about the Star Wars vibe uh, with the imagery of last night. The other Star Wars s thing I got from them, and tell me, I, I don't know how deep you are into the Star Wars universe, Tommy, but you know what a Sith Lord is, right? Yep. So the Sith had something called the rule of two. And for our massive Star Wars geeks out there, they're going to get it. And for the people that are not massive Star Wars geeks, I'll explain it to you. And I'll read it right here off of, of Wikipedia. The rule of two. Two there should be. No more, no less. One to embody the power, the other to crave it. The rule of two. I don't need to see any more than Damien Priest and Edge. Edge embodies the power and Priest is the one to crave it. I kind of like the way Damien Priest and Edge look on their own. Do they have to bring somebody else in? No, but if I were to bring somebody else in, I, I would like to see it be Rhea. Do you think Edge and Priest on their own have 
legs together. Absolutely. Um, and here's also something professional wrestling wise. And uh, I've heard this from a lot of people. And I'm not talking people. I'm talking owners of wrestling companies through the years. Let's focus on getting one person over. And then we worry about the second. When that means, and if you, if you really think about how that has held true in every wrestling company, you know, they've always had that one guy who's the super duper over guy, and then the rest kind of follow. And then other people get to that level by working with that one person. And I'm talking Hulk Hogan. I'm talking um, uh, Ric Flair. I'm talking... Uh, in the AWA, if it was Vern Gagne, you have that one person. And now we have that with Roman Reigns. In, in ECW, we had ECW as that one person. Uh, Memphis was Jerry Lawler. The Von Erics, the I could name these all the time, but then it, it's just, it, it's a really profound statement. And Edge did not need Damian Priest, but Damian Priest needed Edge. And Edge, we don't, has now longer legs within the WWE because he's an older wrestler and him giving that credibility because, Hey, who knows how long we're still going to have edge, but Damian priest could become the new edge. And there's a lot of people like that, that you have within the WWE because everyone compares to oh, the, the Monday night uh, raw attitude era. But guess what? The era that we are currently living in has enough superstars to pack and entertain uh, Dallas Cowboys stadium for two nights and draw a shitload of people and have a shitload of money. So everyone wants to talk about eras of the past, but the era of the, of the current roster is doing one hell of a job. And I really do feel that edge is helping Damian priest because all that stuff that we're talking about for for is working now and how we're going to pay ode to gangrel in the past. But guess what? Damian Priest will eventually turn on edge. And that's a long time from now. And oh my God, you just <laughs> said Damian Priest. No, it wasn't being the same thing, but that is the embodiment of the rule of two. You can never take over as the head Sith until your apprentice strikes you down and then becomes the one who embodies the power and takes on a new apprentice. So what you said is, 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 is exactly what, you know, the Sith rule of two was all about. And like, when I see shit like that, cause I'm such a star Wars nerd, star Wars geek, star Wars Mark, that when I see stuff like that play out in pro wrestling, I I'm very, very much into it. This is why I thought, you know, Cody with the whole order 66 and Cody being that big heel in AEW that I always think that they always thought that they needed and still think that they need desperately would have worked. Um, you have high hope. Go ahead. I just wanted to say that this is not just in wrestling. Uh, you know how much I love sports. Think of the Patriots without Tom Brady. Think of um, the Rams. They had this great team, but then they got Matt Stafford. Think about like baseball or think about all these great teams. Michael Jordan, once you get this one player, and then you build around him. And hey, Jordan and Pippen, 
there's a great rule of example of what you're talking about with this Lord of the Sith. And then you also have your Rodman, you have all these other players around it, but it really focuses around the one star. If you're talking about baseball right now, the Yankees need to sign Aaron Judge. We need to get long-term on him. So my long-term future investment with this team is going to be Aaron Judge and everybody else around him, just like they did with Jeter. Comparing it to sports, comparing it to Star Wars, love it. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Mary Bailon. Special thanks the SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.